Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. This is Dr. Jay Calvert signing in today to the last few episodes in the Podcast One studios, along with my amazing co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello. Dr. Ravello, how are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I've got the news we're moving. I know. We're changing up our studios. Still Podcast One, but in a different location. A swankier one, I do believe. I think so. I mean, we'll, we'll see what, what the future holds for us. But uh, hey, you know, we'll, we like the studio. It's worked well. And we're going to stay with the plan and see how this uh, kind of pans out for us. Yes. Agreed. Well, today I've got a, uh, I got a tricky topic. Mm. And it's something that came up because I was talking to a patient who came in for a cleft nose repair. Mm-hmm. It's a adult, uh, which, you know, children with cleft lip and cleft nose and cleft palate go on to become adults who've, have them, who've had them repaired, but there are sometimes issues. Correct. And so I realized we did not have a podcast about cleft nose uh, and how to manage this in the adult setting. I, I mean, and I can talk about it for children too, but I rarely get called for the kids. That seems to be like a craniofacial center kind right, of deal. Right. And so this is something I think that's really important to know about because I have a ton of patients who have late cleft nose issues that need to be handled. Yeah, and it's not um, uncommon that we see these patients because typically when you have a patient that has a cleft lip or a cleft palate, and I think most people know what that means is when you have a hole or um, a widening of your lip, the palate being the inside of the mouth. Um, those are usually fixed at birth here in the United States. And they typically go to a craniofacial team at a children's hospital, and they have the audiologist and the speech therapist and the nutritionist, and they have the whole team taking care of this cleft patient. And there's a certain order that their surgeries are done in. Usually it's the lip and then the palate and then any other kind of bone work that needs to be done. Like they're very set ages when all of these repairs happen, usually within their younger childhood years. The nose, however, is usually put off for some time because the idea is you want the full bony development of the face to happen before you attack the nose. And in women and girls, that's like 15, 16. But in boys and young men, it can be 18, 19, 20. So a lot of times they do have their initial nose surgery within that children's hospital setting. But a lot of times they age out of it either before they've had their surgery or before they've had a chance to maybe get a revision if needed. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the bottom line is that there is sort of a protocol and plan for children with uh, cleft uh, lip and cleft nose and, and palate. And, you know, there's – so just for our listeners, let's kind of go through what a cleft nose is, why, right. why, why people have them. And by the way – by it's Friday way. afternoon, so which is unusual for us. Yeah. Usually, we're here on Wednesdays, so we decided it's time to celebrate. It's time. Cheers! Cheers! There Cheers! Go. Yeah, we got to have a little champagne a little with champagne. our because it worked well for our two hundredth episode. It worked well, and it's and <laughs> we it's had Friday. some fun. So. And and this topic is one of uh, it is a difficult topic. So uh, I think the important part to understand with cleft lip and nose that when when a child is born with a cleft lip they come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. There can be something as, as minimal as uh, sort of a, a micro microform cleft, which is almost just like a split through the, the muscle, the lip itself, and rarely involves a lot of the nose, but some of it. Um, it can be the nasal sill. It can be the, 
you know, into the septum. But then there are very wide clefts where there can be almost no septum. You know, the, the lip is very far apart, like even in a, in a child, a centimeter, even more than that, right. you know, 15 millimeters. Because that split, that cleft goes all the way back in the face and in the skeleton of the face. And it's not isolated necessarily. It's just the soft tissues of the lip. Yeah, there's a big bony deficit, yeah. um, which we do all sorts of uh, uh, pre-surgical. There's, there's all. I don't want to get into the the weeds on it because we're here to talk about the nose. But, but there's ways to line up the bones and that really make the lip repairs a lot better these days. Um, but the nose is kind of an afterthought. A lot of times, yeah. it's just like, well, do the best you can with it. And some of these people, you know, really are are kind of relegated to having a lot of rhinoplasty down the road just because fixing noses on babies where the, the, the bones aren't there, the cartilages are soft, there's really not a good way to do a cleft nose repair in a young child. No, they're, they're, I mean, you can, anybody does, you don't have to have a medical degree to acknowledge that a baby infant child nose is just squishy. There's not a whole lot you can do with it. It's mush. It's not formed yet at no. all. Yeah. And so... As these uh, people develop and grow, they can wind up with uh, Lafort one osteotomies where because of the cleft repair, so there's an important distinction. If you don't repair the cleft lip and palate, then the face grows normally. Their maxilla is the, they grow up with their cleft and their maxilla is normal size. If you do the repair, the maxilla does not grow as, as normally as it would have. And so a lot of times we wind up basically cutting the upper jaw off of the face, essentially, and releasing it so that we can move it forward. Right. And that's called a Lafort one osteotomy, which takes a toll on the nose. I have tons of patients who've had Lafort one osteotomies for not only clefts, but for uh, malocclusion of their teeth, where the teeth don't come together right and they need to move the jaws around. And their noses are demolished yeah, as part of that deal. Because you have to cut the septum off of the maxilla to, to, to move, move it. it. Yeah. So these are things that are that play into adults who come in with uh, nose problems, nasal issues, their airway, their the look of the nose, the nasal sill, the the maxilla, everything can from you know resulting from the cleft that they need repaired. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a big it's a problem. I mean, these are not easy noses by any stretch of the imagination. This is not a typical rhinoplasty. It's not even a typical revision or a secondary rhinoplasty. Like the whole face has really been not demolished, but it's taken a hit. Not to mention all the scar tissue that's there, the structures that are asymmetric and kind of warped in one direction versus another. So there's all kinds of issues going on. And this is not a chip shop by any means. No. And, and a thing to remember, and this is what I, I teach the residents and I teach the fellows, the cleft tissue that is in the cleft is abnormal. It is not <clears throat> normal tissue. And so to treat it as such when you're trying to do rhinoplasty typically results in problems. And I see this all the time. It, it's the same almost with like trauma. When people have had nasal fractures, well, they didn't have a nasal fa fracture. They had a face fracture. They broke their maxilla. They broke the nasal bones. They broke the frontal bone. They they broken their face. They crunched their face. <clears throat> and it's not just a nasal fracture. And then they come in and they say, oh, we're going to do a rhinoplasty. And then the wheels come off and nobody knows why. It's a big mystery. So I, I'm trying through this podcast 
to get out the word that when you're operating on people who've had problems with their nose due to congenital disease, trauma, or previous surgery, the operation is not simple. It is, it is now at, a, at an ultra high level of complexity that needs to be considered when planning the operation. When planning the operation, but also from a patient standpoint, expectations in terms of how long the recovery is going to take, your recovery time is doubled, tripled, and you're at a higher chance of having a revision because it's going to be really hard to get those cuts and those grafts to heal how you want them to because all of those forces are going to be pulling on it in off directions. Yeah, and that that's, that's for real, and that's due to the previous issues. So uh, this patient that came in, I said, you know, we're going to do a podcast about this so that you can kind of get to the, the nitty-gritty of it because she's had multiple operations, as you'd expect. And, like, the nose is completely gone. It's, like, washed out. And, like, she's lost tip projection. There's a – you know, it's just – it's it's not a good result from her previous operation. And interestingly, went to an extremely competent surgeon. I'm like sure. somebody I mean, who's really yeah. good. It doesn't, that doesn't always mean that it's going to be a great outcome because there's so right. many things you can't predict in the healing period, you know? Well, and, it, and <clears throat> I think it's just the – so there's, you know, as surgeons, people like think that there's like some manual that you go to and, you know, it's like a car. Like, oh, the brake lights are out. Okay, let's go to the car manual and we'll get the brake lights fixed. And you do it this way and that's how you get the brake lights in. In surgery – when we are presented with a problem, whether it's, I would like breast implants, I would like a nose job, I need this repaired, I need this, you know, this tummy tuck thing that's not right, redone, my C-section scars, it doesn't matter what it is. If you put 100 plastic surgeons in front of that problem, you are going to get 100 different, different answers, answers on how to do it. And because we're plastic surgeons, all of us believe ours is the right way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, duh, <laughs> it is. Uh, but that's the truth: is that you will get one hundred different answers, and some of them will be similar. And you know, there's generally a way that people approach it. But the nuance this is this is something that I've come up on with my fellows lately. You know, with our the fellows that we train, I think we do a really good job with them. I think the fellows are learning a lot, but I think that how the, the next level for me in education of not only patients and not only other surgeons, but our, our direct, uh, you know, our fellows, the, the people that are looking to us to, to really get them to the next level, training them in nuance, in, in how to make something spectacular. Like, like that's, I think when people come to me for a rhinoplasty, they're, they're not looking for like, they want a good rhinoplasty. They come to me because they want it to be spectacular. They want it to be they want to wow them out of their seat, and and they should because that's it's their face, and that's what I'm trying to do for them anyway. And so, how to train that? You know, it, it comes not only with education of the patients for them to understand it, but you know, there's there's so much to surgery in terms of how we really line up the cases and 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 teach our, our teach our patients what they're up against, and teach our you know the fellows and the residents and and our staff who help us and. There, there's just so much to it and because it's somebody's face. Like it matters. It matters so much. And, and I, like when I see a, a result like this where I'm just like, man, you know, that guy's really good. Like how did this happen? Like how did she go from like, I have like a 
kind of C minus result to like, now it's a D minus. Mm. Like, how did that happen? And, and like, she picked somebody like, who's like, it, it just, it, it makes me go like, where did the, what's the miss? You know, did somebody not pay attention that day? Did the, is the teaching not right? Where's the information fail? Because the key for us in plastic surgery in the future is to create intense reliability of these operations. I think that's where we're going. It's pretty heavy. <laughs> well, it's cleft lip and palate. You know, I'm very passionate right. about it. Sip of my champagne here for that, <laughs> for that one. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a rant. It wasn't a rant. It was a... It was, a, um, it was a, heavy. It was a dissertation. Yeah. It was a... I feel like I need to step up for this one. Okay. <laughs> yes, you do. That's very important. Or just have a sip of my champagne. Yeah. Or, you know, just realize it's Friday and I'm like... You know, I'm, I'm, really a, I'm deep very reflective on today. Friday. I know, I know. I you see know, this. I am because, you know, my, well, you know, this is, uh, you know, one of the fellows had an interview and, and before he got on this interview, he was telling me, you know, sort of his strategy. And I, I go, no, <laughs> I just said, no, that's not, no, that's not how you do this interview. And, uh, and we walked through it and, and I said, you know, don't you think it'd be more powerful if you came from the, you know, if you came from the. Uh, position of, of how can I help? You know, how can I help? You know, cause obviously they, they want him, you know, they, this group that's interviewing him, they, they want to hire him for sure. He's, he's excellent. He's top notch. Both of our fellows this year. I mean, who wouldn't want them? Right. But you know, his, his approach to the interview when he, when he told me his strategy, I was kind of like, no, you have to, you have to you have to dump that. And, and I, and I really want you to understand that when you're, you're interviewing, you want to be, you want to be open to the possibility of not just what you're talking about and not just the money and not just the, like how many days in the OR, but how is this going to be like a lifelong, you know, how am I signing up for something that is a, it's something that's going to have impact that I'm going to, I'm going to change the face of the blah, 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 where he's interviewing and how he's going to, you know, just become something that's so like, how is it going to be better when he's left and you know, when he's done, you know, and that, that, cause you have that opportunity, right? We all do. And so I, I just kind of like listened to his strategy and sort of his thinking. And I was like, no, 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 that's not, that's not it. You're, you're, you need to give, like, this is about providing, you know? And again, I hate that word provider. So we're not <laughs> providers, but you know, but you do like in that situation, you really have to kind of be aware. And so my point of all that is that as I listen to patients and I try to assess their, their situation, especially with these clefts, because I, I see so many that are so bad. I mean, you remember the, the country of Canada hired me for a patient that had been to nine different craniofacial centers in Canada and, and got worse every time. And then we fixed them in one shot. And uh, it's just how, how do you do that? And the way that you do it is you, you have to take your time. You have to really think and you have to really be... You really have to be in the moment of what happened here. These revisions are hard. They're really brutal. And, and if you aren't careful with them, they don't turn out. Yeah. I mean, that's a thousand percent true. So uh, the take home, I guess, for the patients is go to someone that does these, like a lot. Um, and there are a, a number of surgeons out there that do revision rhinoplasties and do excellent rhinoplasties. Um, but maybe you also want to ask them if they do cleft noses because totally. that, that is a totally different ball game. It than is. It's just really specialty revision rhinoplasty per se. Yeah, I mean, you know, you trained at USC. You guys did cleft lips and noses oh, yeah. like at, out the gazoo. Children's Hospital Los Angeles, CHLA. 
Yeah. It's, it's huge over there. It's huge. The, like it's constant. What they do. Right? Yeah. But again, the nose is like, you don't see adults at the CHLA. You, you, you do the best you can with them as kids because there's not a whole lot to do really, is there? Yeah. No, we would do the noses, their primary cleft noses, you know, and their late teens before they aged out of the system. But then we wouldn't really see them again. You know, they, right. they age out depending on the place at either 18 or 21. So if they needed a revision, a lot of times we wouldn't know because they'd already aged out and couldn't come back there anymore. And that's who we're talking about are those, you know, people who've gone on and, and, and man, I, you know, here's the funny thing is one of my patients goes, you should have a whole section on your website about cleft nose repair. You you do a lot of this. I'm like, okay, will you sign for me to use your photos? (laughs) Oh no, you can't use my photos. (laughs) But like somebody's photos. Somebody can use it. I was like, (laughs) yeah. Herein lies our problem. (laughs) All the same. (gasps) Happens so many times. All the same. (laughs) Like, I don't know what that is. Uh, I get it. You know, you don't want to see the before because the before usually isn't that attractive. That's the thing. The afters are good, you know, yeah. but the uh, the befores are like, and I've had patients who would like sign, you can use my photos and then they look at their before and after. They're like, nobody no. can see that before. <laughs> nope. Nope. My friends are on your website and nope, they can't see it. You need to take it down. Yeah. Although to be fair, not that many people look at websites um, unless they're looking for a surgeon and then they want to see that. You know, and I know it's very rare that somebody recognizes somebody on a web page. I, I wish I could say that's true. Yeah. I mean, half the kids from Beverly Hills and Newport Beach are like, oh, I saw my friend so-and-so oh. on your website. Yeah, well, the kid, that's a small community. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a small. small community. Especially Beverly Hills. Like, I've yeah. done a ton of the, the noses here and, and, and Newport because it's like between Corona Del Mar High School and, and Modern Day and, you know, just there's, and there's just so m- many surgeons that they can go to. And so I wind up doing a, a percentage of them and they see their friends on the website and you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're okay it's with fine. it. It's cool. They knew they got a nose job. I mean, Duh. it's kind of hard to hide that when you're in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you come back after Christmas break with your splint on your nose. Yeah. It's, like, it's kind of a giveaway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess this happened. So you got a Christmas present. Yay you. Well, so back to the, the clefts, I think that's really the key is just understand that there are specialty, you know, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of considerations that would cause you to make sure that somebody's really like they got it. You know, they they understand it and they need to they need to be in it to win it in, to, in terms of how they're going to reconstruct it, knowing that the tissue's abnormal and yep. it's going to be the best it can be, but it can't be all that it could be without the cleft. And that is a really important point. The cleft, the shadow of the cleft, and the and the ghost of the cleft is always going to always going to be there. Always, always. Which in it to win sucks. it. That should be the name of this podcast. In it to win it. <laughs> well, maybe we'll, we'll we'll do that. But for now, I think I don't, I don't know. Is any more about the clefts or are we? No. Good? Otherwise, we just get into the weeds of the repair, and that's just not the point. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, anyway, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the nine hundred two one zero. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself. This is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at ravelloplasticsurgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Jay Calvert, and 
of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Oh.